Welcome, everyone. My name's Julian Ho. I'm one half of the SNT podcast, missing my buddy Dustin Pym. But here's a quick introduction to this loving live podcast recording of our loving Breakfast Club, where we hosted five speakers and moderated by Odetta Casa.、Um, this topic. Was an interesting one because I wanted to take love as a noun and change it to a adjective or verb, loving.、Um, the title of this conversation is "Loving in 2020," where we explored love literacy, digital love, online versus offline love, love languages, self-love, family love, job love, anything and everything to do with the most complex. Yet simple force of life. So I hope you really enjoy this long-form recording, and、um, feel free to give us some feedback and some comments on how you are displaying loving in your life. My name is Odetta. For those of you who haven't met me before, I'm a group fitness instructor here. I kind of teach classes in all three studios. I'm here all the time.、Um, I have been to the past breakfast clubs that Julian has hosted, and I was like, this is really cool. I like the idea of. Multiple different people from different parts of life, different walks of life, coming together talking about one collective topic. And I think the idea of love—we don't talk about it as much, or we talk about it in a very different way in 2020 than maybe we would have talked about it last year or 10 years ago. So I'm interested to talk to you guys to kind of break down and unravel love and everything—self-love, romantic love, connection. Um, to kind of see where you guys are on the panel. So first, we are going to. I wish I had a microphone. Makes things more official.、Um, we're just gonna go one by one. Tell, tell us a little bit about who you are,、um, what you're doing here. If you want this as a cool effect, you can have it. That works too. It's interesting that there's five seats at the front. It reminds me of school where we sit back there. Like <laughs> <laughs> this would be a little too close for comfort. My name is Kabe Kabusi.、Um, I just found out about sweat and tonic a couple weeks ago. I practice emergency medicine, and、um, love is a curious thing that I'm just compelled looking at you guys. I bet we all have different <coughs> definitions of love, which is such an interesting thing. And I'll keep the introduction short. Yeah, that's great. I mean, you can flip the mic around, but.、Um, hi, my name is Carrie. I still haven't fully figured out what to call myself, but basically,、um, I've been in holistic medicine for the past 15 years, mostly neuroholistic. So a lot of my focus is on consciousness-based medicine,、uh, quantum medicine, and then、um, working with the three brains in the body、uh, to help rewire. Us so that we can fulfill our purpose and our path here, which is ultimately, at the end of the day, what I think we're all looking for. So that's me in a nutshell. You can try turning on the mic. <coughs> Hello. Hello. Okay. Yeah. This is just decoration. Okay. Hi. My name is April Miranda. I am an executive life coach, NLP practitioner, Reiki master, and yoga teacher in the city.、Uh, I felt. Yeah, Odetta reached out, and because we started this movement, which is also like a message, a mindset, a lifestyle called Move with Love. I got some stickers there if you're interested. So it's just we'll start there, but、um, I just like finding or connecting with different souls, with and finding how they 
want to just feel free and empower others by being authentically themselves. And I'm currently writing a book about it. Stay tuned. Oh, that's exciting. Hi. Good morning. Thank you for joining us today. My name is Chris Delos Reyes. I am a registered massage therapist by title. I've been doing that for 10 years. I also offer acupuncture. Um, my company is called Holistic Connection. I won't plug that too much today. Um, tempted to, but I won't. Um, so I'm partially responsible for this. This April is my fiance, for those who don't know. Um, and Stacy, who I'm going to give the mic to, is partially responsible for this. <laughs> which we'll hopefully talk about as well. And I'm here just very curious, as, as well as being a speaker, but very curious as being a listener to what these guys have to say about loving and hopefully get to hear from you guys as well. Hi guys, my name's uh, Stacy. I'm uh, one of the co-founders of a festival called Tomorrow Today that takes place in Negril, Jamaica. I'm also founder of uh, Irish Soul, which is my company. Um, where I work uh, to empower women to create major life shifts similar to the life shift that I went through uh, into creating this dream life that I live today. Um, and yeah, I'm just here to, as like Chris said, um, to share some new perspectives because I think um, how I view and what I think about love has changed drastically over the course of my transformation, but also to hear and learn from these different um, perspectives as well. We are going to have to hear about your story later on because I love that story. Um, small world, you think. So um, now that we kind of understand who our panel is, we're going to break it down. We're going to ask a series of questions. It's not a lot. It's five questions. Um, and I'll give each of you guys a little bit of time to speak. You don't have to answer any question, but if something pops up, if the question inspires you to say something, just put your hand up. I'll pass the mic over. Um, so the very first question I have, uh, I, I do want everyone to answer this one though because it's a little bit of a shorter one. In 30 seconds, what is love? Um, and that could mean anything to you. It's just what resonates, what pops up when I ask you what is love in 30 seconds. Love is undefinable. It's a feeling, it's a state, and it's one of the most magical things that we are all gifted to as when we come to this world. We have it and it exists within us during the entire duration of our life and what brings some sadness to me is that we may never experience the capacity to, of the knowing that we are love and it's hidden behind these conditions that we have so I'm deeply curious about deconstructing those conditionings and inviting you guys into the process of thought so you can reconnect with your love and the love that exists among everything. There's a word in the Lakota that is ahometakoyasan, which is uh, the interconnectedness of all things, and there's love that is within all. So keep it. Started off very strong. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know if I can talk that. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I agree. I think that love is this indefinable, intangible experience that we have as human beings. Um, that connects us all, that we're trying to make tangible um, because we, we, our left brains want to put some sort of name to it or um, like a more tangible experience to it. But it's pretty intangible um, and inexplicable. And I think that's where a lot of the cliches and love and love songs come from. It's like that's the only way we know how to explain it. Um, but coming from like my experience, I work with a lot of creatives and entrepreneurs 
And what I found even through my own journey is that ultimately all we are is creativity and creative energy. And for me, love is the perpetual flow of this creative energy when there's no boundaries, when we've removed the fear and the judgment and the dogma and all of the beliefs that we've had put in, in our past as we've grown up um, and the ones that we've held on to. And when those, when those blocks and boundaries are removed, um, we get into these flow states that taps us into something that connects us back to nature. So it brings us back to our true nature and for me the way to do that that I've, I've found um, the most powerful is through nature through nature-based modalities and so for me love love is created its creativity and its creative energy <clears throat> I see love or feel love as like the driving force that is within ourselves and in the world around us. I see love as energy. So I see it everywhere, whether it's holding ourselves together, whether it is like looking at the moon, whether it is like the the fire that we feel within, the like the goosebumps that we get when we're around some that we like. <laughs> um, but I think it's it's interesting because in our English language we have that word love. But I think it was like in the it was it in Greek that they have like five different words or seven different words for like friendship love, family love, romantic love, sexual love. Like why do we just have this one word, love, that has so many layers? And so that's why it's like always fun to explore and lean into what it means to love. Oh man, everyone took my answer. To be honest, we should have sat there. <laughs> we'll start from your end. No, it's okay. <laughs> uh, but just to kind of piggyback on what um, Carrie and Cavi said as well, yeah, love is indescribable. Um, to define it almost gives it a bit of a cap. It gives it like that's what it is, and, but it is for me anyway, limitless. It's always evolving. Uh, but just to kind of go against the grain, I will define it in my own words, but I do see it as freedom creation, creativity, um, and connection. So, you know, that can resonate with all of you guys because all those three words can be defined on your own way. But for me, this right here is all those three words encompassed into one. So uh, to talk about love is, is, is just, how, how can we talk about love? I can show it, but to talk about love, I'm, that's why I'm here to listen to most people here because it's like, how do you guys define so I'm going to get the microphone to Stacey, see what she says. <laughs> Thank you. Um, yeah, I mean, I agree with everything that was said here. I think to me, love um, just kind of represents that energy that interconnects and kind of weaves us all together. Um, I think that's why so many people are trying to find love. Um, but when we come to realize that we are love and to connect with that deeper sense of love within ourselves is when we can truly begin to experience that ineffable feeling that like so many of you said, is just um, very indescribable. Um, like April mentioned, there's all these different types and forms of love. And I think to think there's just that one definition that we speak of love in, in our culture, um, it, it really it just umbrellas all of those different feelings and, and types of love. Second microphone. <clears throat> that was amazing. Thank you, guys. Um, 
Yeah, I feel like when in, in terms of love, especially in this city and in this day and age, people think of automatically romantic relationships or like, you know, I downloaded Tinder or Bumble, like that is love, I'm, I'm looking to find love, but it's really interesting to hear the deeper level of it and kind of coming from a place of, well, love is not just romantic relationship, it's the way that we connect with other people, it's the way that we, we talk to other people, it's the way that we talk to ourselves. So that's kind of what we're gonna dive in a little bit more. Also, each of you, that was like five minute Oops. definition. <laughs> not for time wise, I mean like, let's bring it down. Yeah, um, I'm awful at being concise too, if you haven't already noticed. Um, all right, second question. This is a time for you guys to get a little bit deeper into what you do. You all work with people, and I think that is why you're all such deep feelers and all such deep lovers, because you have that human connection every day that is literally your job, is to connect with people. So I want you guys, um, you don't all have to answer the questions, but again, you can just put your hand up when you want to talk. Um, what are some innovations in your field that are really exciting to you now, right now? Or what are some things that um, are happening in the future that you're just really excited or really, um, you just want to share with the world? We got it. We're starting over there. Um, hello? Okay. Um, I don't have to use the mic. Can you guys hear me? Yes. Yeah. Um, I, What's really cool now, and I'm starting to see this uh, trend, which hopefully isn't going to be a trend, it's the uh, fusion of all of these uh, health pillars, so to say, within the city. So bringing the mental health aspect, bringing the physical health aspect. I mean, you, you, you walk down the street, there's gonna be like about five, six fitness centers. Um, but to integrate even social health, which we're doing right now, you guys woke up at six, five, whatever o'clock in the morning to get here. so. You know, that brings a, there's a community feel to that. That's, we're bringing up our health, our social health right now. But the innovation aspect of this is having a hub, like sweat tonic. This is great. I feel quite safe here and I want to talk about things like this. Because that's what uh, I told myself I wouldn't talk about. But that's what Holistic Connection is, is about <laughs> as well. And it, it is connecting all of these pillars, just like what sweat tonic is doing. And um, they hold space for innovators like that. So uh, there's a lot going on in the city that's going to connect more and more. And it's just, we have to do our due diligence to you know, look within ourselves to find that love. So we, not to search for it out in places like this. Because before you step into a space like this, you gotta, you gotta feel that, that energy already. Because being here isn't going to, you're not gonna find that love. You're gonna, you gotta really feel it. So I'm not gonna talk too much, but that's all I gotta say. Yeah. Um, kind of inspired by what Chris shared, but also just um, with, with what I do with, with the festival tomorrow today, um, it just comes from a place of noticing there was a lack, you know, there was something missing. Uh, my background is coming from, you know, more of that festival landscape and partying and, you know, being in the, the nightclub scene in downtown Toronto. And I'm really excited to see this big shift that's taken place. Um, the reason we created Tomorrow Today was to offer a place where people could vacation, they could have fun, there's music and DJs, but then there was also this huge wellness component and aspect, this huge retreat happening where you're not um, required to attend every class, you don't have to go out every night, you kind of curate your own experience, and I think it was kind of bridging that gap 
um, because it was something that wasn't available to us, um, myself and the uh, other co-founders, so we created that space. And then just seeing that evolution um, coming into the city, where now I'm so blessed to partner and collaborate with so many different spaces and events. The urban jungle party that takes place at Mindset Brain Gym, it's like all these alcohol-free, ecstatic dance parties where there's uh, meditations going on, there's just like a, a whole different landscape um, and, and so many options for us to explore. Um, so I'm really excited to see that continue to grow and to evolve uh, within the city and just kind of across the globe. And um, I mentioned Mindset Brain Gym, like Chris was saying, you walk down the street and there's all these fitness studios. Well, I also work at Mindset Brain Gym, which is a meditation studio that brings meditation um, in a modern way and also kind of bridges that gap between East and West. I think that's another huge thing that, that we're seeing. Um, really um, being able to um, explain how meditation works, not just from like the philosophical background, but actually like the neuroplasticity, the neuroscience behind it, and how it affects you know the nervous system in our bodies. So many of us are struggling with stress and anxiety. We live in such a comfortable era where everything that we could ever want or need is really at our fingertips, but we're also the most miserable, angry, and depressed society um, in history. And so seeing new things like Mindset Brain Gym, Home Studio, another one um, on King West, opening up to help to um, open up that conversation and offer space for healing and learning and growth. And then also, like Sweat and Tonic, building these communities for people to come together and feel like they can belong. May I? Okay. Um, in terms of innovation in our industry, uh, I guess with my own personal journey, like I started as a dancer, so that was me moving with love. And then I moved to the city for the entertainment industry, but like being in my 20s in Toronto in the entertainment industry, I was like, what am I doing here? So it was like yoga that kept me sane. So it is like always like, okay, what will keep me at homeostasis? <laughs> and so I leaned towards yoga. And then I felt guided to yoga teacher training. Then I explored Reiki because I was exploring restorative yoga with the sense of touch. And like, what is this energy? So I just kept staying curious. So I did my Reiki training. And then I just kept looking for more tools and evolved to the other life coach and NLP practitioner training. But with innovations, I think it is bringing people together in the physical realm and on the online world. So I do want to talk about the, this. we have this Future Self Incubator. It's an eight-week program, and there are people in Hawaii, there's Jamaica, London, Toronto, and we connect like Sundays, like one to three Eastern Standard Time, and there's this lecture and talking about like, like it is talking about shifting the mindset, but like even guided meditations, and I just love how we are connected across time and space to like focus on an intention, whether it's holding space for someone who's going through stuff, or even just sending love and light to planet Earth. So that is something that I feel is new, that I keep, I like leaning into it because it is bringing us closer, like using technology, using the internet, using Zoom to connect, feel that human connection even though we're not in the same physical space. Sorry guys. Um, so just quick, so quickly to summarize, because what I heard was that was the same in your three answers. 
was two main things. Uh, one, connection, how we connect with other people and how we connect with ourselves, and two, exploration. Did I kind of get that right? Those are the two main pillars that are really exciting nowadays. We're exploring and finding new ways to heal, new ways to move, new ways to connect. And two, through these different modalities that we have, and there's so many in the city like you guys mentioned, um, we create spaces for that connection to happen, whether face-to-face, -face, whether on Zoom, whether whatever modality it is, we're exploring and we're connecting and we're finding different, better ways to work through whatever it is that we need to work through. I love that. So this next question is more of like a takeaway. I want you guys to talk about what you believe is the biggest struggle as to why we struggle with love. Like in this day and age, why do we have such difficulty with it, whether it's relationship or with ourself, what, what's blocking us, what's going on there? Whoever wants to take the reins on that one. Um. I'm gonna summarize it in 30 seconds. You don't have to do this one oh, in 30 I, seconds. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I'm gonna combine with this, the last one this one then. <laughs> I don't know, is this on? Okay. Um, uh, what I've seen, I, I think we struggle because we think that pain um, is something to be feared and we avoid it like the plague. And I think we live in a culture now where um, because things are so readily available and easy and quick and at our fingertips that we, um, I mean, I can get into the whole neuroscience of what's happened. We've rewired our brains um, to expect very quick results. And we, when we do that, we literally shift the hormonal cascades in our brain. Um, we function differently and I think we give up very quickly and we avoid pain. And truly the only way to experience love is to understand that part of being in front of someone who's triggering a pain point is to it's giving us an opportunity to transform into something new and um, I think a big a big part of the struggle is that we're avoiding that pain and so we just continue to repeat it over and over and over again um, and then on another note I think we fear being seen and we fear not being seen and we go back and forth between um, wanting to be loved so we don't allow our full selves to be shown and then we step in front of people who don't let us do that. Um, and then we desperately as human beings need connection and need to be seen. Um, and so a lot of the struggle is coming from this vacillation between the two and we're not really hitting the truth of, it, of the matter, which is um, that we need, to, we need to be able to hold, hold the space for the pain and for other people's pain and allow it to transform it in different ways. Who here has been in love? All right. Who here is love? All right, beautiful. <laughs> if we're even remotely curious about that or we fluctuate between the knowing of our, our capacity to be love, know that there's this, this barrier of our acknowledgement that exists in the condition of our mind. So there's this beautiful book by Kamal Ravikant called Love Yourself Like Your Life Depended On It. I invite everyone here to, to read this book. Um, it is the most important work that you'll ever do from your life because right now what we're doing is reaching for things that ultimately take us places that we probably don't want to be but we're going on search of a thing 
and we'll go across the world and meet people, complete tasks, actions, do things, conquer mountains, when what we were looking for was already inside the entire time. So it's a journey home as opposed to a journey anywhere else. Um, and to kind of mesh in with what I, but the first question, like the, this question that was really important I felt to speak of is, I practice emergency medicine again, so I see a lot of people coming to the ER for relief as opposed to the resolution of the solution. And what she, uh, what Carrie beautifully spoke of was that we seek a solution very, very quickly. But the work lies in us be, being reconnected with our love through the work and the same pain that closed off your heart is the same pain that we will have to endure or go through in order to open it back up. In the ER, when I was in, uh, in my med school rotations, I've heard this scene and I felt it. Um, when people are on their deathbeds, they don't ask any of the superficial things. They, when they're in true reflection of the humility of the finiteness of their life, they ask, did I love well and did I love enough? And we're very fortunate that we live at a time where we don't live in nuclear families and nuclear spaces where we cannot express our emotions. And now we have the opportunity to even ask further, did I know my own love? And even probably most important, did I know that I was love? And if we can get to that point, which I invite you guys to all embark on this adventure in particular, this is the most incredible journey that you'll ever be on. You can't share it on Instagram. Like love is so powerful that, and so indescribable that we have to hear about it in metaphors. But have you guys ever heard such a powerful metaphor that you are lost in thought and reflection? There's a moment where in that silence where love is felt and love is a felt experience outside of the words. I think that's one of the big takeaways that I would share with inviting to you guys that you have all of the tools already available within you. And what Rumi says is, Rumi's this beautiful uh, speaker, writer, mystic. Do not try and seek love. Seek the barriers that prevent you from experiencing it. So. Anyone else have anything to say quickly? Um, a little bit like what Javi mentioned as well is, is um, that desire for us to look for love outside of ourselves. And I think that that's, that's where all of the suffering comes from. And really understanding that we, we build up all this intellectual intelligence over our lives, going to school and, and learning all these things, but it's the emotional intelligence that we're lacking. And it's not entirely our fault because it's not something that we were really taught growing up. Has anyone here heard that term, emotional intelligence? Yeah, a lot of people, great. And so it's really tapping into that and having that deeper understanding that when we do develop that love for ourselves and have um, self-compassion to stop judging ourselves, being so hard on ourselves, comparing ourselves to others, really develop that self-love um, is when we will be able to you know, open ourselves up and access and connect and love others. Man. Yeah. So many great ideas. <laughs> who, who here has had a broken heart? Who here has broken hearts? Yeah, very good. No judgment, right? Um, so, quick story is I fell through a very devastating breakup about nine, no, I'm not going to do the math, but it was last year, <laughs> April. And I met this one in May last year. And love has no time. Like time is 
not linear and with real love, I would say. Because we got engaged um, <laughs> six months after and having this baby four months after, right? So the definition of love, I mean, if we followed what, can, what society has said, you guys have to be at a certain age, be at this salary cap, um, have had to be, uh, have lived together for, there's so many definitions of what love can entail, what the storybooks outside will tell you, but we made our own storybook and we're, we're pretty happy. And I mean, like Kave said, this is, it's, it's a true feeling of love. And I mean, we can't, we still can't describe it however many months after. It hasn't even been a year, guys. But uh, to kind of parlay this to another aspect of what Stacy was saying is that this, here you go. This is love. I need a vortex of love. This is love. Um, but uh, the, this awesome festival called Tomorrow and Today, which Stacy co has co-founded, um, that's where I found love for myself after the breakup. It was really devastating, guys. It was like, like, hang me out to dry kind of thing. You know, I'm sure we have all felt that. I was in the complete opposite of that. Did not even like myself, couldn't stand myself, felt rejected in the worst way possible. All the childhood traumas coming back. Found myself here reluctantly to this tomorrow today um, aspect. Have actually met April four years prior to this because I treated her once upon a time. That was a different story. Uh, she never came back, and I wasn't too bummed out about that either. But um, you know, we weren't ready to receive love the way we receive love now. But I found love there. Within three, four days, met her, re-met her, and we connected. Though this love has transcended, and it still is moving, and it still is evolving. Um, I really found love within myself first. And that wasn't because I went to this awesome festival, though it was the, the container for it. I connected with all of these lovely folks, Wakabe, um, and among others. And I just started to get on the same level as them. I shared my story of my breakup with them. I, you know, it was, you know, I shared my, my joys, my life, like everything, just because I felt safe too. And because of that connection, that brought up a frequency of love. And then I was like, okay, I think I'm a good guy again. And then, you know, through meditation, maybe Stacy's class, and all of that that tomorrow today can provide for you. Here's this angel at a coffee shop. And I was just like, this is it. <laughs> so, yeah, and like within five minutes, within five minutes, guys, she understood me, heard me, see me, loved me more than my last relationship of five years. So again, Time is linear, does not define love. So, as you can tell, she's gonna make me cry. So, <laughs> <laughs> I told I wouldn't do this today. Um, so, everyone's gonna go through their own definition and just know that I, what I what I loved the most was April's curiosity. She's she's not from the city, so you know she explored Toronto in so many ways, and she stayed super curious from all of the jobs she's done. You should hear her story as well. Um, and she's just kept, she just kept moving forward and I think also an aspect of love is just moving. It doesn't necessarily mean forward or back, it just means moving. Because I, I, I've had to learn to love my past, which is the last relationship. I've had to learn to love that compassionately and hard just so I can move on with this. 
So you asked, what is our struggle sometimes to finding love? I think it is the fear. And what, was Carrie, what Carrie was saying is that we fear fear. But that fear is like, that's, that's, that's the best friend of yours, you know? It's going to teach you the best lessons in life. So. Can I share? Can you just hold that for a second? I need to talk with my hands. Um, it's, uh, it is fear that holds us back. And it's like this invisible glass psychological ceiling that is there. And it like prevents us from receiving love. It prevents us from the amount of money we want to receive. It prevents us from the amount of success because of paradigms from our past. And it's like he was was like he would ask me he's like are you moving with love or are you moving with fear it's just like oh that was definitely fear and when you choose to move with fear you just stay where you are so it's like having the courage to feel that discomfort and it is uncomfortable like develop that emotional intelligence and like you will fire these new neural pathways if you choose to like this little baby step to show up for you i was talking to hannah like five minutes before we started i'm like you showed up you are here in this community and so it's like just showing up for you again and again and again. And yes, that ceiling's going to come up again. And it's like, are you going to choose love or are you going to choose fear? And it's like, <laughs> my traps, survive alone. <laughs> always reminds me. And, and it's always like what everyone is saying. It's like, it's like we are love because we are in this illusion that we do need mascara to feel whole, that we do need whatever diet to feel whole or even have a sexy body to feel whole, complete, and loved. That's the illusion. That's the mind fuck. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, like, like, connecting to what is true is that you are already loved, that you are already whole and complete. And that is the vibration that I did go into tomorrow today. I was, I was not looking for anyone. I'm just like, okay, I'm going to enjoy being in eating good food, I'm going to enjoy the music, I'm going to enjoy doing the yoga classes for me. Like, and it was just like, and it was just this vibe, like, yes, it was sunny, and yes, these beautiful classes, but I was tuned in to love of self. And it was just like, whether it was walking down the beach, whether it was eating, whether it was dancing, connecting, it was like just full-on love of self, love of life, and just simply existing. And then that's when this came out, and I'm like, oh, this is a plot twist <laughs> that I never saw coming. And I, too, was with someone for five years. And I came back and like, I told him, like, I'm ready to receive a new level of love, you know? And it was like that attachment or that hope that it needed to look a certain way. Like, I was still loving unconditionally, but we never moved in together. We never went traveling. Like, it just all the stories. And I'm just, okay, just keep hoping, just keep hoping. And, like... This, like we just quantum leap because it was choosing moving with love. Like, okay, like I feel that it's moving. I'm like, okay, let's keep going. Okay, over again. Okay. You know, so. <laughs> <laughs> okay, surprise. <laughs> so, <laughs> and you look back, you're like, whoa. Like, so it's just kind of releasing attachments, releasing attachments to outcome, the stories that society, you know, like brought us up with like religion, society, you know, we were born into these paradigms. So when you realize that you don't have to be victim to these paradigms, that you get to connect to what is true for you, that you're already whole, complete, and very much loved, then you, you're good. I love conversations like this because I feel like 
again, in this day and age, in this generation, in this city, we don't allow ourselves to feel. Like we cover it up, we band-aid it, whether it's overworking, over-exercise, control with food, um, whatever it is. I feel like so many people in the city try to numb the feeling because they don't want to feel the pain, but at the same time that they don't want to feel the pain, they're covering up the love, they're covering up the good. Because you can't pick and choose what to band-aid, you just kind of cover all of it. And it's like, is that really the way you want to live? Yes, you don't feel pain, but you also don't feel this immense love or anything. Um, so it's always that, yeah, fear-based, moving with fear compared to moving with love. And whatever that means for you, that is like a question and answer you have to have with yourself about like how I show up, how I move, how I receive, am I open, am I closed off? Can I, can I ask quickly to, that? Yeah. Just to say, I think if I were to put my finger on what that is, it's, it's easy to say, like, to move with love, and, and sometimes we can get lost in this big idea of it, is what I've seen is we move from, we move from a knowing to knowledge. Yeah. So we'll feel something, and then we go right to the head, and that's where, like, vibration, frequency, you're going to see this as a future of medicine. Um, when we don't, we don't understand why we're struggling and why we can't manifest what it is we want, it's because we're going from the quiet knowing that we're hearing back into the head, and this is where I find the struggle is coming from. We go from a knowing to the fear, knowing to the fear, and knowing to the logic, and the logic is never going to tell you the truth. And what you guys said, it's also like that external uh, pressure. It's like we may know what we want, we may know what direction we want our life to go in, but then we hear all this stuff about where you should be, about how you should handle the situation, and then it comes back up into the head, and then you put all this external pressure, and you're like, okay, well maybe I should do this or say this or be this, because that is what everyone else is doing. That is what the city is doing. And being authentic with yourself and being real with yourself is scary, and a lot of people don't do it. But having conversations like this is kind of, the fire to to go in that direction it's like the, the you fuel it being authentic and being real and honest um quick question here for you guys um, who's heard of the five love languages so we kind of have a general idea of what they are for those of you who don't know love language is um, essentially like another language that you speak the way you communicate love and the way you'd like to receive it very very different for a lot of people like i just got out of a relationship two days ago, so this is a great, uh, great topic for you to talk about, um, where his love language was the complete opposite of mine, and that caused a lot of conflict. Um, so my question for you guys is, it's kind of a two-part question. Um, so the first one is kind of like, how, how do we communicate that love, or how, how are the different ways that we can show that love, communicate that love with other people. And the second part of the question is, if you could add one more love language, what would it be? So the five are, um, touch. Uh, yeah, touch, uh, physical time. touch, uh, quality time. Um, words of affirmation. Uh, words of, oh, I'm forgetting access all of them. Words of affirmation, acts of service, and, and gifts. 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 gifts giving. There's no right or wrong, it's just those are the five. If you could add one, what would it be? Um, or you can answer the other question, how do we communicate? This is now the talking stick, because we're not really speaking into it. <laughs> would anybody like to lead? I'll go. You go. You go. Yeah. April's um, inspired. I feel it. <laughs> well, it was similar to what you were saying, like, 
our, we get into the logic and I know my ego just wants to categorize, wants to like define and label and find the answers. And I'm like, okay, what works, what doesn't work? And he's like, okay, calm down. <laughs> and he would be like, what worked back then may not work now. You know, even compartmentalizing these five languages maybe worked when you're in the moment and it may not work now. So he's always like inviting me to explore the unknown and the ego hates the unknown. It is scary and wants to figure things out of a beginning, middle and end. So I say like, yeah, these languages exist and find your strongest one, how you like to give and receive. Find whether your friends, your partner, like see how they like to give and receive, but don't be attached to categorizing seeing labeling because yeah like when he like when you say like love is undefinable love is limitless love continuously expands so so does the comfort zone but so does the problems and it's like maybe that has worked before but like choose to like get curious and these solutions in our logical mind may not work and it's okay so like lean into the unknown, lean into the discomfort, because that is where the solution, it was Einstein, it's like, okay, the solution is not where the problem started. And so I think it's just like, I like that visualization of it expanding, limitless, because yeah, what worked during our summer love is different now. And like he calls me out all the time, I'm like, oh yeah, this, this love has evolved. He has evolved as an individual. I have evolved as an individual. So <laughs> I think it's just continuously staying curious, leaning into the unknown and the discomfort and not needing to categorize. We're all fighting for it. <laughs> You're going to have both an opportunity to talk. <laughs> <laughs> um, five languages of love. Who here has their sort of set boundary or set language? Or does it interchange, I should say? Who, oh, let me rephrase. Your main one. Who, who finds that sometimes the day, the month, the moon, <laughs> there's only one birth. Uh, does yours interchange a bit? Yeah, it's like it's never just one, right? It's like sometimes I feel quality time is mine, sometimes I feel touch is mine. Um, I want to say the sixth one, if we are compartmentum, I can never say this word. Yeah, you're right. I can't do it either. Compartmentalize. Yep. Compartmentalize. <laughs> I also can't say strategy. <laughs> strategy, strategy, strategy. So uh, I, I, I would say the sixth one would just be the miscellaneous pile, <laughs> which would be everything. Else. everything. And, and being accepting of that, it changes and not defining yourself as, nope, mine is gratitude, his is quality time. and Because then again, what I was saying from the beginning, you're limiting yourself to that definition, and you, you, you gotta play with all the other sorts. So yeah, allow yourself to be gift receiving once in a while, and that's not a bad thing. Really, really quickly, I'll just add, um, if I were to add a sixth love language, for me, um, it would be freedom. And I think it would be um, receiving that freedom from your partner, from your lover, to fully be and express yourself, to um, enjoy life, and to make your own decisions without having to worry about um, conditional love. And also to give that to your to your love, to your lover, and not just in relation um, 
romantic relationships, but in friendships as well, you know, relationships with our, our family, is really just allowing people the freedom to fully express and be themselves. Okay. Um, yeah, I think that's a really good point, and I think a, a big... I don't think it's on. A big key. I guess we don't really need it, do we? Um, yeah, it's more important. Uh, that we go through different seasons in our life, and it's really what we're not really taught is discernment. So we don't really ask questions like, what do you know? We think if we find a diet, we need to stick to that the rest of our lives, but it's not going to work forever. So we need to be able to flow with the seasons because that's all we actually are as nature, and there are actually different seasons of our life. So that's like a really good point. Um, for me, if I were to add a love language, it would be listening, active listening. There's a book called Nonviolent Communication by Marshall Rosenberg. It's brilliant. It teaches people how to compassionately listen. So the, I'm going to butcher this, but there's <laughs> there's a quote by Thich Nhat Hanh, and he talks about um, how to create peace in the world and within our own hearts. And how we do that is to provide someone the else someone else the opportunity to empty their hearts and to show up for them purely for that reason. Because often when we're in a relationship or any sort of social situation, we're waiting for the opportunity to speak and we're not really listening. And like I mentioned earlier, one of our biggest pains is not being seen and not being heard. And not being heard is one of the deepest wounds we hold. Um, so I would add active listening. Um, the book is brilliant and it, the man has actually sat different heads of, of uh, countries at, that are warring at tables and help them understand that at the core of their fight, they're both just listening to, they're both just fighting to be heard. And we all want the same damn things. We all want the same thing. And so if you can enter a situation from that angle, we can literally dissolve war and war really, really starts within us. There's always a war brewing within us before it's happening in our external reality. And that's really, when we look at war, it's just a micro, a macrocosm of what's happening internally. So um, active listening would be mine. Beautiful. Um, when we're even talking about love languages, if there's a war in the mind, our brain prioritizes surviving that war as opposed to even considering love. So here, who here feels distant from love at this moment? Beautiful. No hands up, or there may be some shyness to it, right? Um, Kyle, who's sitting here, has brought into my awareness over the past year, and I saw at Burning Man, authentic relating. And authentic relating really stems from your truth. But our truth, if it still hasn't been unresolved, and we still have these constructs up, we're coming from an inauthentic truth that's just not trying to appease almost from a level of your ego as opposed to where our truth actually is. So Kyle and I are actually writing a journal right now called Intent Journal. I didn't really want to punch anything, but I feel like we have a, the way that our minds collaborate together, we stumbled on the, the importance of intentionality with all of our processes that we're doing. And even further, I would call it P-Pika would be the thing that I would add, which is playfulness, presence, intentionality, consciousness, and awareness. I feel like if we added those to all of that before the discussion of even the, the possibility of a love language, from there you tap into your own love, we are love, the sense of self-love, it ultimately allows you to go expand and touch all aspects of the love that is available around us. So when we're finding these 
like when the love languages were brought to my awareness, I just thought, wow, we're going to find another belief system for our, for our eyes to see through the lens of, oh, I'm a quality timer or I'm a toucher. No, we're in everything. Everyone here has the possibility to be sitting up here right now too. There's not one person who's a thought leader and the other one isn't. We're all untapped potential on the other side of these constructs that exist within us. So, pipika, if we can just invite that into yourselves, playfulness, which will come as a result of presence, intentionality, consciousness, and awareness. It's like asking someone, which friend are you? Like, I'm all of them. Yeah. But we've always done, growing up, we've always done those like little quizzes online and in magazines being like, what type, on BuzzFeed, you'd be like, what type of breakfast food are you? Why do I need to know if I'm a bagel or a donut? But we want to know, we take we, them. Right? It's because I think that, we're trying so hard to understand ourselves, and I think that nobody really knows what that is. It, 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 you never really find yourself. You, you create yourself your whole life. So I think we, we put ourselves into these boxes because we want to feel like we know who we are so that we can show up that way for other people. You're like, well, if I'm a donut, then I'm going to walk around like a donut, and I'm going to talk and, and connect with people like a donut. Um, <laughs> But we're not. We're not just one thing. We're not just a donut. I love, I love the randomness. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's the first thing that came to mind. Oh, Dad, um, you're a donut. I could be a donut if I want to be, but I could also be a bagel if I want to be. Oh. Right? And it's, it's, a, it's about allowing, what April was mentioning before, it's allowing that flow. So how we better communicate love is by not putting ourselves into these boxes, because I think that's what everyone on this panel has said. Not putting yourself into a box, not putting definitions on how you should be, who you should be, or how you should show up for other people. Um, and I think a, a big thing I also got from everything that you guys said was, in terms of communicating love, show up authentically and then love the person in front of you as they are, as they show up, instead of trying to change yourself for the other person. Um, so the next question I wanna ask you guys, we're almost at the end here and I will open it up to a question and answer from you guys, if you do have a burning question you want to answer, ask the panel. But before we do that, I want you guys to talk a little bit on how love has changed from past to present. Again, in whatever way that means, it could be personally, it can be generational, it can be in the city. How has the idea or perception of love or connection or communication changed from the past to what it is now in 2020? And where do we kind of see it going? Remember that song that, that says, wherever you go, whatever you do, I will be right there waiting for you? Mm -hmm. A stalker, but we, that was a classic <laughs> right? But in truth, this, this right here, the fact that we're even sitting together talking about it in one of the most multicultural cities in the world, and have people from all exposures of what love is, what, ex what type of upbringing they had coming together, and now with a medium like the, the way that technology has brought availability of sharing thoughts together, we can redefine and potentially heal a lot of core wounds that our parents didn't have the opportunity to have. It's not our responsibility to, it, to do that, but it is our opportunity to really heal this and redefine what love is. Because even when we were bringing up, it was Backstreet Boys, so all the music, how they sang about monogamous, one partner, one male, one female for the most part. 
uh, movies showing one thing, maybe a beast and a woman, but there's still it's a robust beast as opposed to a skinny one. So we all have we have these construct conditions that are there, but we have the opportunity to deconstruct them and then redefine what does love mean to me. And at its core, I think we have a very similar source that we all come from. And if you dance with psychedelics at all, you come to that awareness a lot sooner. And that's something that's going to be an adjunct, not a solution, but an addition to the possibility for you to see these, these mirrors that we're seeing life through. So that's the opportunity that we have coming up in the next little bit. I got so deep into that answer, I totally forgot the question that I, I asked. I did too. <laughs> so I was like, did he answer the question? Whatever he said was beautiful, but I was like, what did I ask? Ah, oh, past and present. How has it changed? Yeah, how has it changed from the past and present? Where do we see it going? No, no, it's amazing. Um, These questions are very open to interpretation. There is no right or wrong. It's just whatever pops up. Okay, I'm going to try to not get too sciencey. Um, but the heart is an electromagnetic field. It's our largest electromagnetic field. Our heart is made up, it's 60% neural cells. It's actually a brain. Um, and it's our organ of perception. So it's very different than the logic of the head brain. It's our organ of perception, of compassion, of creativity, of connection, of community. And what we have around us in our culture now is a lot of electromagnetic fields. And so, if you've ever heard of heart coherence or heart math, we have the ability when we breathe similarly or we're in someone else's space, that electromagnetic field connects with other people's fields. And what happens is when they start to oscillate together, a massive communication pathway is open. And we start speaking, dialoguing through this heart brain. So it's a different language. That's why it's intangible. And we can't really like put words to it because there aren't words. But we live, we live in like a very high-tech culture where we have electromagnetic fields all around us and they're interfering with this field. And so, and I, like, if you look back like in genetically as a, as a tribal, as a human, human beings, we have a deep core need to connect. And we used to sit around fires and play music and take psychedelics and have sex and tell stories. And now we sit around blue light and we listen to someone else's stories and we get those imprinted. And so we're getting all of these sort of false imprints in our fields, but we're desperately, it's like eating junk food and we keep eating it because we're looking for some nutrients in it and we're not getting it. And so we're getting this shallow experience of love because we have disconnected and reconnected into this technology. The beautiful thing though is that technology is actually all biomimicry. So anything that's been created in technology comes from nature. The internet is mycelial mapping. It's literally like the mushroom, the network, the intelligence of networks, uh, mushrooms networking. TV screens are this liquid crystal. It's literally structured water. So we have the ability to use it to our benefit as opposed to as a deficit. Um, but I think what's changed is that we have we need to learn to reconnect and that's ultimately like all of this weird science can be very confusing and all it really comes back to is finding your true nature through nature. How do you reconnect to yourself and how do you use technology to your benefit um, so that we can thrive as a, a species and a lot of these innovations that we're finding are really just, um, they're ancient. They're all these ancient forms of medicine and and uh, rituals that we're looking to reconnect to because we're looking for reconnection. So. Oh. <laughs> we have 
time for a long one. Oh. oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Unless you guys are burning with answers. Then. Okay. Oh. <laughs> okay. I'll be quick. Do it. I'll Okay. Um, in you terms of the past, <laughs> in terms of the past and how it changed now, I think when we were talking about the brain needs to categorize, it's like we were brought in the school system. You did well. You did bad. That is right. That is wrong. Here is a percentage. Here's a grade, defining who you are, and so I feel that was the past paradigm. And I think we're all leaning into curiosity and, you know, leaning to the unknown and just staying curious all the time. So I feel that is the difference between the past and present. But I love also the idea of like, this is the brain. And I, with like leading with that, like when you're talking about electric magnetic waves, so I saw all of us. This is more my visual. So this is the, the, the muscle, the brain. So I saw the electromagnetic wave here, and yours, and yours, and even this. And like then I saw all of you, like, shoo, shoo. So we all are contributing to the space, whether you know it or not. And like kind of tuning in to what frequency that you want. And like just being clear that you are whatever vibration that you are also contributing. So whether we are silent listening or talking, that your pulse, your heart, your frequency is shifting energy in the room. So I think with the science and the awareness of just staying curious um, is my growth in terms of the past and present. Oh man, past, present, love. You could just simply define that just by how music has changed its definition of love. Like I'm a 90s R&B junkie um, and that's so different now. R&B is like so rated R where back then it was like super, you know, poppy, like Backstreet Boys and, you know, I'll never break your heart. And now it's like really sexual. So, and not to say that that's bad, it's just like, whoa, it's so, it's changed so much. And from a male's perspective, it has changed as well. I could only speak for myself, for the four other gentlemen that are here, or three. Um, but, I mean, back then it was like men couldn't show their emotions to their ladies. Well, not couldn't, but they chose not to because it was deemed or you were deemed like not a man, not a man. And I always struggled with that because I am a sensitive guy. Um, so grew up with women and always struggled to be the male in the, in the relationship. But now it's like, it's super welcome because you're having a balance of, of energies of masculine and feminine. And, and it really is helpful when I tap into my uh, feminine energy and I understand situations where April does need a little more compassion. Um, so. You know, why don't we sing songs about that? <laughs> you know? Do you want to write a song and then share it? <laughs> if, you, if, you, if you join me with it, I would <laughs> um, Just quickly, I think um, how it's changed is kind of, kind of to echo the first two answers here is that whole idea that um, we're, we're, we're kind of going back. So saying that how has love changed from the past to now, it's kind of like from our own kind of modern past. And what we're changing to is like the ancient ways of communal living, um, you know, communities, um, families, like these, these are things that are developing um, all around the world where, you know, we went from all living together in one household to no, now we need my house and this is my family and it was like nuclear families all separate. And, and that's not working, and that's what's been caused, causing a lot of um, like suffering because we do, we crave that human connection. And so I feel like it's coming kind of full circle, coming back around. And um, 
And then just to add to that too, another way that I've noticed love changing, like Javi mentioned, is just these conversations and being able, you know, men, women, to speak together in a circle about what love is and understanding that it's not something outside of ourselves, not something to seek and, and look for in another person, but to really try to understand and love ourselves. And I think that is something that's new as well, is recognizing that we need to love ourselves first, to honor ourselves, um, and then in that way, you know, to attract uh, love from around. Thank you. just want to drop it. Mic drop. Mic drop. That was a big mic drop moment, honestly. Yeah. Um, there was a lot from that. Um, I want to read a quote that I, it's one of my favorite quotes of all times. And <clears throat> April, what you said really resonated with me about like your energy and how you show up. Um, yeah, this is one of my, one of my favorite quotes. Uh, it says, everything you do right now ripples outward and affects everyone. Your posture can shine your heart or transmit anxiety. Your breath can radiate love or muddy the room in depression. Your glance can awaken joy. Your words can inspire freedom. Your every act can open hearts and minds. So it's kind of that, I keep it in the back of my head all the time. It's like, how do I want to show up for people? How do I want to be seen? Will I let my guard down? It's how you show up, I think, at the end of the day is, is so important. And what you guys said about past and present, I feel like we're in this place where we're going back, but we're also going forward. Technology is allowing us to connect better, like with the Zoom and, 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 and all these incredible technologies we have, but also that is covering some things up and we're losing that genuine connection. So we can talk to more people from around the world, but the quality of the connection has decreased. So that we're going back to be like, okay, what did we do before we had social media? What did we do before we had phones? How did they connect? So it's kind of this like back and forth motion where we're trying to go forward, but we're realizing that if we continue in the way that we are, it can lead somewhere that I don't think any of us want to be. Um, so before I open it up to question and answer, I have one final question for you guys. Um, say it in as few words as you can because, April, <laughs> because I want you guys to give a takeaway for everyone here. So if they completely forgot about everything that was said today, what is the one thing that you need them to remember? What is the one thing that you want them to walk out of this room holding on to and really reflecting on uh, for the rest of the day? That encompasses kind of everything we talk about. What's that one thing? And I want each of you guys to give a very quick. Um, um, <clears throat> and then you can do the mic drop. I was gonna stop. One of my mentors taught me about walking meditation, which is really, I mean, we sit in classes and we meditate, but we forget to bring that into our daily lives. Um, and it was aware, awake, alive. So at all moments in our life, to be aware, awake, alive, and always asking questions, is this, is this love or is this, am I acting from love or am I acting from fear? Um, one of the things I say to my clients a lot is when in doubt, lie. And it's an acronym, it's L-H-A-I, and it's to listen, to honor, which means to hear what you're hearing, <laughs> and to act on it, which is something we don't do, that's a big piece. So listen, honor, act, and from doing that, it actually integrates into the heart-brain. Once we experience that, we change those neural pathways so that we can have a different experience in our external realities. So listen, honor, act, and integrate. So when in doubt, lie, guys. Secure takeaways <laughs> to lie. <laughs> um, I know I talk a lot, so the one thing that I want you to remember 
is to choose every second of every day just to kind of check in with yourself and ask, are you moving with love or are you moving with fear? That's it. Amazing. I think um, one thing I would say to take away uh, is to really, um, a way to try to cultivate that kind of self-love that we've talked about a lot because it's easy to be like, okay, I gotta love myself, but it's like, okay, but how? Um, it's just to understand um, that we're all struggling. All of us, we're all going through something. Um, we, we fail, or we feel bad about ourselves, we judge ourselves. And to really like remove the separation that I'm a bad person or I failed or I'm struggling and to understand that that's our common humanity. It's just part of the human experience and then offering ourselves that love and compassion. And when we do give ourselves that permission to you know, be compassionate and to love ourselves, then we can truly begin to live the lives that we are here to live. Um, famous Bob Marley quote, um, open your eyes and look within. Are you satisfied with the life you're living? So really asking yourself that question every single day. Am I satisfied with the life I'm living? Am I satisfied with the way I'm spending my time, the way I'm treating my body? You know, what am I doing for a living? Am I living this passion? Do I have a purpose? And really being honest with yourself, asking yourself that question with compassion and with love. And then, like April said, moving with love instead of fear towards you know, cultivating and creating that dream life. And that's what I do work with uh, women to create and to cultivate. But really the first thing is that self-awareness of am I satisfied with the life that I'm living? And do I love myself enough? And do I have that compassion to take action and to do that? Uh, so I'm gonna provide you guys with a tangible action here. Um, those days, so commonality theme here is love yourself first uh, before you love another. But some of the days you just, it's a little harder to love yourself. So instead of looking for ex to, to the external to receive love, I'm gonna leave you with try to give love. And try to make three people, try to make three people, complete strangers, smile or laugh. Complete strangers, I dare you. And see if that changes your, your energy. Um, yes, you're not receiving love, but giving love is also to receive. And so when I love April, I love myself too. And when I love myself, I'm also loving her. And I love you guys. So if there's anything that we are just saying or doing for you guys, you guys are going to make sure you feel it as well. Because that's what you're going to really remember. Beautiful, beautiful shares. I'll reiterate something that Kyle actually shared with me earlier last year, that when you pay yourself first, the rest of the world receives your medicine. My medicine, like my healing for myself, is your healing, because I can show up better for you. And then in your healing, you show up better for me, but then our healing ends up being the world's healing as well too. And this is, we are tribal creatures that want to connect and belong, keep hearing these words, but it's that we want to not be kicked out by the tribe. So we operate in, and we change ourselves to be accepted here and stay here. But when you give people permission to be vulnerable and to heal, and to step into their love and their presence intentionally, 
this is where the magic is going to ensue when wars end, when love is abundant, or when we're not leaning into diversions. Alcohol companies will go out of business. Makeup, makeup companies will go out of business in the most beautiful way. I may go out of business because no one's going to come to the hospital anymore. And that's completely okay too because I know that they're stepping back into themselves. So I invite you to step back into you. It's the most important journey you'll ever be on. So I think to summarize what everybody said, uh, the takeaway is take care of yourself and you take care of the world. Is that kind of a good summary? Take care of others. Take care of, and vice versa. You yeah. take care of others, you take care of yourself. Uh, my thing, so much I got it tattooed on myself, is be here now. So that constant check-in, being like, what do I need right now at this moment? Where am I right now? Because if your brain's in the future or the past, in anxiety, in depression, you bring it back to the moment, you're like, what's, what's going on? Go. Yeah, okay. it literally says, I'd rather be here now. Mm-hmm. And when I saw it, it was funny to me because I have the same thing tattooed on my body. Um, so we have a little bit of time. If you guys have any questions at all or something you would like to share, something you'd like to ask any one of us on the panel, um, this is your time to shine. Please don't, share. Don't, don't be shy. Mm-hmm. I feel like with smaller, with smaller crowds, yes. I could just talk to Oh, it's really fun. Yeah, thank you so much. I feel so warm and fuzzy, and each of you brought such like, a unique perspective to this panel. So I really appreciate it. Great way to kind of kickstart the weekend. Um, a lot of what you all talked about really resonated with me. Like move with love. Like we are love. Like there's a lot of growth in uh, pain, but when you experience loss, whether it's a breakup or like losing when somebody dies and losing a friend. Um, that worldview, even if you subscribe to it, can be like undermined or rocked. So from like a practical point of view, and Chris, you kind of touched on it when you talked about the breakup or another treatment. From a practical point of view, in your own experience or with the people that you help, how do you kind of get back to that place and open up your heart and kind of believe that you are loved and can give love again? Kind of a loaded question. But... Um, yeah, we were talking about like, we're talking about loving and that this, that's this frequency, but it's like there are all the other frequencies here. There's that pain, that suffering, the grief, depression, like anger, all of that stuff, shame, like it's all there and it all exists on the spectrum. So wherever you are, like see where you are, honor, acknowledge and like celebrate it. And like, that's why the little baby step of moving with love, like it could just be like, okay, I'm just, I'm gonna get out of bed. Okay, and maybe what's the next step? I'm gonna brush my teeth, maybe I'll, maybe I'll shower. You know what I mean? It's like honoring wherever you are on the spectrum with zero judgment, lots of love and compassion. So that's why it's like, hey, moving with love, but it's just like, okay, what is one tiny baby step that will make me feel a little better? Okay, and so that's, I guess that's my little advice, taking one baby inspired action wherever you are. What I'm hearing a little bit, um, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but it's the idea that when you're in heartbreak, you you lose the ability to be in that space. So there may be a little, little bit of a belief system around the fact that when you're going through that pain, that the opposite is not there anymore, which is not true. So my answer would be that you just don't stop. That there's, there's the foundation of who we are is this energy. So it's not really going anywhere. We've just put 
beliefs, blocks, barriers, fear, pain, suffering, everything that we go through when we go through a really shitty breakup, it's there. The other thing is underneath. And so practically what I do with clients, I use different modalities that access the three brains in the body. So that remove addiction, that help the neural cascades so that when we're going through depression, we can actually start functioning on higher vibrations, higher levels. Um, so medical meditations, they're easy three minute meditations you can do that shift your neurochemistry to kind of keep you pulled out of it and in a very different vibration. Um, tonic herbs, anything that enhances uh, conscious states of consciousness. But I think maybe shifting the belief that that disappears when you're going through that pain because it's actually never gone. And in my darkest moments in life, when you feel like you're in hell and you're never gonna get out of it and there's no light at the end of the tunnel, perspective is everything now. Now, at my age, when I go through something painful, I know there's an end to it because the nature of, of life has changed, so it's not going to last, and that's, that's also a really helpful uh, thing, that the love is always there, that's permanent, um, but the pain, is the intention of that pain is for you to transform something. So if you can go into it with that intention, um, it can help, it can help. Also, I'd like to add um, that the impermanence of it, like you touched on, Yeah. Um, just knowing that nothing lasts forever, good or bad. And so even though when we have a heartbreak or we lose someone close to us and we feel that devastation, it's not, even though we don't want to feel it, but just allowing that feeling to, to be there and to linger and to hold space for it rather than just what can I do to make it go away? Right. What can I do to make it go away to having that aversion? I think this is something that we need to pass in as just to embrace you know all the emotions along the spectrum. And again, it goes back to if you're, if you're speaking about like a breakup, um, we fear that, that trauma and that's why we, we don't go for love because we're scared we're gonna get hurt. But when we do experience that hurt, it's, it's reminding ourselves too that we did take a chance and having that compassion for ourselves for not just staying safe in the comfort zone and this little safe sphere, we actually put ourselves out there and just acknowledging that this is just all part of that beautiful dance that's gonna go back and forth constantly throughout life. Sometimes the best breakthroughs come from the breakdowns and breakups. Um, so when a breakup or a breakdown or a shadow or darkness comes in and you could still see that little speckle of light just keep focusing on that little light and it's just going to get bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and you know there was a we've all been through some devastating I'm sure um, sometimes you feel like you can't get out of it but I dare you to start thinking that this is a great opportunity for me to either learn grow from it's going to be breakthrough from this because we don't usually we, we don't succeed with most like with wins right we learn from losses and so I'm just gonna have a little bit of a sports reference here but the Raptors pulled a 15 win streak right and everyone was like the whole city was just vibing off of that and I'm like I don't like it <laughs> like what's your problem with that Chris don't you want us to win and stuff I'm like I do but we need to lose in order to get better so we need those breakdowns, we need those shadows, we need lead to make that goal. I'd really quickly add that um, it's not as sweet the answer, but we often, probably the majority of the relationships that we've entered into have been evolved into some level of codependency and our identity of self is lost in the we identity. And when we're stepping away from that or it's being pulled away from us especially, 
at, and it's not on our terms, we feel the loss of the known. The known is the we identity. And we were stepping back into ourself, which is horrific because we didn't spend any time with it. But what were we avoiding in the first place? That we stepped into this person and then they didn't, I didn't have to look at that anymore. So there's a term called wound mates, which is a great way for saying where my, my wounds are covered with you, you're my band-aid, and now that you're stepping away, it's, it's now I'm feeling all of those pains that have been unacknowledged for a certain time. But so we speak about like, that's maybe in heartbreak relationships, but with a family member, for example, we do develop attachment with them and we're, it's our self-interest that is in deep mourning and grief when we're step when they're stepping away or they're going or they're not seeing us for how we are um, and there's a beauty in recognizing that I had the opportunity even to have this connection and Winnie the Pooh says like <laughs> how lucky am I to have had an ex uh, love something so much that saying makes saying goodbye so difficult just share that like again it, it keeps coming back in my mind it's such a Winnie beautiful thing yeah, it's, 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 <laughs> Yeah, I think just knowing that that is part of the spectrum. That that is I was telling like even on the right here to say like this is homeostasis and like okay that makes me feel sane. <laughs> because you, you don't get a trophy. You don't get whatever. Yay, you're done with the fear. No, it's like oh like even when you're up here you're like my fears still show up. So just know that that is homeostasis. <laughs> Nothing lasts forever. <laughs> I think when it's like a tra like a tragedy when we lose someone, someone passes on, crosses over. It's hard to say like, oh, you know, because like that pain stays with us. But I think it's also an opportunity to recognize just the impermanence of our own lives and to really look at how we're living and what we want to, you know, make the best use of our time. Really quickly, life isn't serious. We make it serious. Life is play. Yeah. And our humanness has the possibility of feeling an orgasm, but it has the feeling of a negative orgasm on the other side too, in the form of the deepest pain that we can experience. But we're so fortunate to live in a, an organism that can experience all of these things. We can play on both sides of it. Yeah. It's important. Yeah, so remember that in all of this. Like, semantics aside, get lost in no words. Can you see a helicopter and not identify with any of the words of the helicopter and just be in awe of the thing? Awe, moments of wonder, these are where really feel the, the peak experiences that life has to offer. We have time for one more question, if anyone has anything to ask. Um, thank you all so much for your wisdom. Um, one of the things that I've been thinking about as the folks have been talking um, is that like, self-love is so important, but it always has to exist.
well, we all share an addiction here. It's people, right? And when you feel people stepping away, we, we sense loneliness initially, where it's, I am separate from them. But in isolation, you go through a withdrawal of people around you, and you step into this space of aloneness, where you feel the nurturing of you being with you. And you get to feel for the first time experiences over there, action over there, doing over there, and you feel the stillness, calm, and peace that starts coming over you after the withdrawal has come. I'm just think I'm 33. I have 33 years of people, and I just did last month. I uh, went into the mountains and disconnected for 77 hours, and for 72 hours I was losing my shit. Where, but then on the 73rd hour, the, this qualitative experience of the sense of self was there, and it was a reminder of the self-love that we have within there. But this was one of the, the classes that we, I had to step through. And uh, community has a very powerful possible opportunity for you to sense love, but there's always going to be the love external that's going to be prioritized as opposed to the love internal. And I think this explosion that we all seek of love is actually an implosion within. So I don't know if that speaks to that. I think Chris brought up a really good point about the giving. Um, and we do, we tend to like in our Western culture turn things into these Cartesian models of like let's break them down into secular areas when it's really all of it. And from a quantum perspective, every cell and every liver cell in your body is the same as your kidney cells, the same as your heart cell. The universe is in every cell. This is actually the truth. Um, and so when we break that down into a very quantum level, it's all just space, it's empty space where we have this ability to create. Um, but there's a community happening internally and externally, and I think what's really important to remember is that we have to discern when it's important to disconnect and to connect. When when self-care, it can be it can be a very self-indulgent term, and the giving piece is really important because sometimes, especially when you're in pain, because we get very me-focused, and that's very important, but. When is that important and when does it become destructive? And when can we think about community as bringing something into a space as opposed to what can we take from it? Like imagine what would come from that when we create communities from that space. I don't even know if that's your question. Um, <laughs> but I just think that the discernment on when you go up into a mountaintop and when then you have something really valuable to bring back as well. Um, and for me, the community is like, what can we bring? What can we bring to that to enhance uh, the space as opposed to what can we take from it? Chris, did you want to say one more thing before you Oh, yeah, like the power of community is, is powerful, yes, but so is the power of being alone. Um, and I have these disconnected connections, uh, like habits, where I, I keep my phone at hand by my bed morning and night. Like the first and last thing I see so I've actually just removed it from the room and you know there's an like a like a reflex of my hand just trying to grab my phone I'm like I don't have that and then I I actually thank myself for doing that task and then I get into this sort of okay I I need to get back to me and man it is a load off of me so I don't have to know how many likes and engagements I have I don't you know I, I'm trying to lose that so there is that aspect of just being by yourself is, is also powerful. Because um, yeah, we love ourselves, right? I think uh, reaching out for support or reaching out for community is an act of self-love. 
Yeah. It's instead of hiding in isolation or letting the pain and the trauma of life just bring us down, just a simple act of calling a friend or reaching out to someone is an act of self-love. But it's also an act of self-love when you reach out for yourself, when you need those moments. You're like, you know what, today is a me day. I don't want to be around people. I don't want to talk to people. It's just for me. That's also an act of self-love. Yeah. So to wrap up, thank you guys so much for joining us this morning. Um, I know that we have a lot on our minds right now to kind of reflect on for the rest of the day. So I really encourage you just to take five minutes to journal whatever pops up, whatever resonated with you from this conversation. And I think you'll, some things will pop up for you once you start just letting it all out, either um, in a journal or out loud to a friend. Um, you guys can chat and mingle afterwards. Thank you guys so much for being part of this panelist series. And thank you to Julian for letting me kind of lead and moderate this one. What's going on over there? What's up, Michael? Absolutely, yeah. we can do a group photo. And I think that wraps it up. Thank you guys. Sorry. On April. Just, one, one more little hand one, gesture. One, one more thing. Who has because, the mic? Um, the just for the, <laughs> <laughs> with them um, in terms of the illusion that you gotta do it alone. Okay, so because I do like the alone time and choosing out of social events. But um, so I, I do like the value of connecting to self. So I do have a free meditation if you're interested. I recorded it and it is 15 minutes equivalent to two hours of sleep. So there is one thing to look within. But I also, with the Move With Love, I want this to be like a continued conversation that doesn't have to end in these four walls. So like, let's, let's just stay connected. So that's what I invite you to if you want to um, get your email. I mean, yeah, get the free meditation. We can stay connected with um, Move With Love, the message, the mindset, cards, the lifestyle. Stickers, if you do want to connect with these amazing individuals, um, all their Instagrams are um, linked in on the Sweat Tonics website and uh, Instagram. So thank you guys. Thank you guys.